Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Holly. Hello, Dave. What's going on today? Hey, I. How are you? <laughs> well, <thanks. laughs> first things first. Are you doing okay? I'm doing great. I'm totally carved up, thanks to you. Uh, we got uh, bagels this time. We got great bagels. Pops. Pops. Pops is a pop up in Culver City, California. <laughs> Shout out to Pops. Pops. Those are those are really good bagels. All right. I had cinnamon raisin for those wondering. <laughs> I think and Dave, you had. I'm an everything guy. An everything bagel guy. Yes, I am an everything bagel guy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, wonderful. We're all good. We're, uh, we got the bagels. We got the cream cheese. We got we, the coffee. We got the podcast. We got the pod. We've got the podcast. What difference does it make? Because what difference does it make is where we talk everything 80s. Welcome to What Difference Does It Make? Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you to you, all of you out there, In- whoever you may be. Chime in. Who are you? Oh, I can't hear what? you. Oh, okay. You talk to podcasts or do you talk to the radio or do you talk to the TV? Oh, all the time. Don't you? You answer back to like, yeah. Like I mean, someone will say something. You're like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've yeah, ever. Nobody would ever say that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Please stop. <laughs> I hope you're doing that. I hope. Or like, I hope yeah, you-, you speak the truth. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. So we hope that you guys chime in. Chime in or chime in through Twitter or tweet us. <laughs> tweet. Uh, yes tweet at us what uh yeah we've got uh, we've got the social medias we've got the internets we've is got that, the podcast is that social medium because isn't that plural for media i, I think you're right <laughs> okay Just, but it's funnier know, i go with the funny social right you do i, tr- I go I, with the straight yeah okay all right so, so now you know who we are i am dave the funny holly is the uh yeah. stay on point Stay on target. Yeah. Certainly we never veer off. Never. Never, ever, ever. It certainly um, it doesn't feel like we're ever veering off from 1983. Right. Which we shouldn't. By the way, the podcast website for the podcast is WDDIMpodcast.com. Please sign up for our email list. I think in April we're going to be sending out our first email. So you have time to, to get the inaugural issue. As do we. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to see whatever's going to be on there. Because what difference does it make is where we talk everything 80s. But mostly music. Yeah. 
All right. And right now we are talking 1983. We're counting down the hits that KROQ played way back in the day. KROQ every year put out their top 106.7 because that was the frequency. Still is. Still is their frequency. So they put out the top 106.7 songs of the year. We are now up to 1983 and we've been counting down the 1983 songs. And we are currently at number 20. K-Rock has since pared down their list to 80 songs. So 26.7 songs have been eliminated from the original list. And we like to guess, or I like to guess, which one's been eliminated. That's true. Some songs, there hasn't been 26.7 songs eliminated because some songs have been added in. Like they didn't play the Violent Femmes originally. And now on their updated Rock of the 80s list, the Violent Femmes are now representing um, most of these songs are, are on the list. However, there oh. is one song that has been eliminated. Okay. I think you might be able to guess which one it is. And we'll see. We'll because see. Because we have talked about it in the past. There's your hint. Okay. Basically, we're counting down. We love countdowns. We like music countdowns. We are counting down the hits. We are currently at number 20. What do we have at number 20? Nana with 99 Luft Balloons. Back in 1983, it was at number 17. Yeah. On the K-Rock list. Much like our favorite, Falco. This German. Was, yes, this was a song that was recorded both in German and in English. Did you used to try to sing along in German as if we knew the words? Never, ever, ever. Do you know German? I don't know German. I studied German for Can a Can I hear period. what you sounded nope. like? Nope. Okay. Nope. Fine. You did when I say Luftballons. All right. What I didn't realize about this song is that it's not an exact translation into from German into English. There were uh, new lyrics added to this song. Uh, why? I have no idea. <gasps> yeah, so there, so there was an English language version titled 99. Red Balloons. Yes. So yeah, it just says it's not a direct translation of the German original and contains lyrics with a somewhat different meaning. I don't know why they did that, but that was something that was done. Different meaning? I'm surprised. I, I understand like to fill out, you know, to, you know, because not everything... You know, amount of syllables, but I'm surprised that they would change the meaning of the song. Do you know the meaning of the song? Uh, there were 99 red balloons. <laughs> That's all I knew. <laughs> There's more to this song. Okay. If you knew German, as I do, okay. not, maybe you'd understand. <laughs> all right. So what's <laughs> it's the- about the dreams of the German people that were lost after World War II. The 99 balloons represent the many dreams that each person had. And at the end of the song, she just wants to prove that the German people did have dreams by finding one balloon. So she finds one balloon, a dream, and lets it go. What I read oh. <laughs> says... Oh, I better check my sources. I don't know. Again, the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. like Rebel Yell, influenced so many songs. Mm-hmm. Um, while at a June 1982 concert by the Stones in West Berlin, Nana's guitarist Carlo Cargis noticed that balloons were being released. As he watched them move toward the horizon, he noticed them shifting and changing shapes where they looked like strange spacecraft. He thought about what might happen if they floated over the Berlin Wall to the Soviet sector. Okay. So th- so you're saying that that's the meaning of the song as well, or that's an alternate meaning, or that somehow that, these meld, these that, two meanings meld? Sure, probably. I didn't realize Nana is the name of the band. Yeah, <laughs> it's the name of the band. I mean, it's not her name. It was her nickname. Right. Which means little girl in Spanish. You still like the song? Yes, I like the song. But I'm not sure if my liking of the song comes with the, the memories it brings back of, of K-Rock in that era. Yeah. Or that I just, if I like the song, if I would like the song as much if I heard it today. Do you like it? Yes, I still like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Nena, the solo artist, does not like the English version. 
Apparently, she has never performed that song, the English version, ever, 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 ever. Is that true? That's true. Wow. You know, they had no uh, intention of releasing it in in the U.S.? Was it a radio DJ that found the song and started playing it? <laughs> yes, that's it what Was it? On, on K-Rock, because they say they credit a, a jock at K-Rock. Was a young, young, attractive woman singing a song? Uh, it was Rodney who played it. I can tell you right away. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. Yes. I'm sure you're right. Yes. Yeah. Rodney on the rock. Uh, he was to, the. He was, yeah, he played, introduced us to a lot of songs. Has an affinity for young girl young singers. Women. Yeah. <laughs> Scarily young, but, uh, but that's just Rodney. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Anyway, it got attention on K-Rock and spread. Yep. Because that is the influence of K-Rock. Nice. Yeah, they did have a first single, which is called uh, Nergetrumped. Ner- Very good. That, yeah, I is think that what? Ner- that's Nerget- Americanized. Nergetrumped. Nergetrumped, which means just a dream. Mm-hmm. Also kind of a catchy song. It, it didn't make the, um, the U.S. Hot 100, but it reached number 70 in the U.K., it's a fun song, but it's no 99 Luft Balloons. Did you watch the video? <laughs> for for 99 Luft Balloons? I, yeah. I remember the video, but I didn't watch oh, it while I was It's hilarious, this. as all videos are. But they're playing live, and there's like smoke going off in the, uh, like different colored smoke. It seems like it's going out of control. It's a little overblown. I, think. I feel like someone's, uh, the pyrotechnic guy really enjoyed uh, <laughs> yeah. blowing up stuff. Like these different colors of smoke are going off. And I, I think the band was getting annoyed, but I'll go back and watch it again. I think that happened. That has happened when somebody in assisting making the video has an affinity for all the new effects that were available. Yeah. <laughs> we got a budget. Okay. We got some smoke bombs. Oh, I'll get some smoke bombs. Don't worry. Yeah. You'll have plenty. <laughs> we enjoy that. You would call this band a one hit wonder, but yet they still, yeah. still kind of live on. Uh, I know uh, Nina's got a solo career that she's had for uh, since 1989, and she still plays in Germany um, and has a has a pretty good career going on over there. And I guess the the whole band reunited in 2017 to play Nur Getrompt uh, to celebrate their 40th anniversary. Oh, yeah. All right, let's move on to number 19. What do we got? We have the fix once again. One thing leads to another. Nice. Um, this now is number 16 on the updated charts, moved up another three spots, reached number four on the U.S. Billboard charts back in November of 83, hit number two on the U.S. Mainstream Rock charts, and went to number one in Canada. What can you tell me about, about one thing leads to another? <laughs> the meaning of the song? Would you like to know the meaning of the song? Oh, yes. Please do tell me. It's, it is uh, supposedly about malleable politicians. Cy Kernan said in an interview, he said, if you're going to be a liar, you better be a damn good liar and remember what you said or the whole thing is going to get pear-shaped. That was 30 years ago, and look where the system is now. A lot of people stand on ballot boxes and say a lot of things and lie in order to get elected and do nothing. So those songs I'm pretty proud of. Huh, how pertinent today. Certainly is. (laughs) Also pertinent, I guess, for us of a certain age, um, I happened to find this. Actually, it was on the the Fix's website. They have uh, an article from Fortune magazine from November of 2019, and uh, just mentions that Fidelity Investments' recent campaign announcing lowered accounts costs part of the industry's race to the bottom in fees. Blah 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 blah. So anyway, who does Fide- Fidelity turn to to get their message across? 
The Fix. The Fix. Easy. Saved by Zero. 1983 oh. jam by British new wave band The Fix. That's very clever. It says that wasn't a casual selection, but a very calculated one. Think it through. Which Americans are hitting their prime earning years right now, starting to inherit the vast wealth of their parents <laughs> and getting serious about managing their investments? Not us, but uh, apparently people our age are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're reaching out to uh, Generation X. <laughs> of course, it says sandwiched in parentheses and often overlooked between the boomers and the millennials. Yeah. That would be us. Yeah. And which musical era do those investors remember fondly from their childhoods? Yeah, the 80s. That's So they use Save by Zero. They also used One Thing Leads to Another. They've used both those songs. That's very clever. Good marketing. The, well, the chief marketing officer says our target audience loves hearing those songs. <laughs> when they hear them, it gets them to pay attention. It reminds them of when they were first starting out in life, and now they are a bit older and starting to reap the benefits of investing and starting up podcasts. They are. <laughs> yes, yeah, starting up podcasts, exactly. Yeah. We can invest our earnings. That's true. We should do that. Shall we? Um, so yeah, th- I guess that Save by Zero was so successful. Um, we launched more funds like that. A couple months later, we turned to the fix again for one thing leads to another. It's pretty rare that you get a perfect follow-up song like that. <laughs> you know what I did forget? And you're remembering that- it now, though. I am remembering it now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cy Kernan was in the uh, the Better Be Good to Me video with Tina Turner. Yes, he was. You are absolutely right. Yeah, he is spectacular. I watched it last <laughs> night, and a um, first of all, Tina Turner. Yeah, spectacular. Yeah, she is spectacular. I, like, that song is one of my favorite songs too. The, the, she's great in that video, and then Cy's kind of uh, moving around her, moving around her. <laughs> yeah, not really necessary, but you know, Cy Kernan, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember him and his hair from that video. Sure. He had that Billy Zapka look yeah. from uh, from Karate Kid. Yeah. It's a good look. <laughs> we should all have that look. Although I believe it's William Zapka now. How many times do I have to tell you this? I'm, he will always be Billy. How many I times know. do I have to tell you this? <laughs> okay. All right. So let's uh, let's move on from the fix. We've got from Fidelity to to Tina Turner. <laughs> yeah. There's no Tina Turner in this. In no, this well, K Rock didn't play. That's that's another good excuse to uh, mention other artists that you know K Rock wouldn't yeah. play Tina, Tina Turner. That has been a request, an anonymous request that we talk you, about. You could say music the name from from 1983. In our primer, we try and go over pop songs that were. I know how much you hate pop songs, but we I lo- don't hate pop songs. <laughs> I love pop songs. You just don't like to have the Cure be referred to as a pop artist. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Even though they had many pop hits. We, we should always recognize uh, great stuff. Our, and, and Tina Turner. I mean, when we hit 84 with Private Dancer, we will, we will, mention, uh, we will mention Tina a lot. I think we just mentioned her. All but right. you better be good to me. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's a great song. It is. It is yeah. indeed. We will talk more about it in uh, next year <laughs> when we hit 84. <laughs> Which is next year, but that's really not too far away. Right. In, in podcast years. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So let's move on to number 18, which is... The Greg Kin Band. Jeopardy. From Kinspiracy. All right. Now, we <laughs> talked about this. Okay. First of all, this song is also moved up three spots to number 15 on the K-Rock updated list. Okay. Greg Kin loved 
Pop, simple pop songs. No, Greg Kinn liked puns. Oh, to like, name his, he named all his albums yeah, after. So, yeah. yeah, so, okay. So after his uh, debut in 1976 called Greg Kinn, in 1977, he came out with Greg Kinn again. <laughs> then we got, here we go. Ready? We got Next of Kin, Rock Kin Roll, Kin Tenued, Kinspiracy, Kintagious, Citizen Kin, Uncontrollable, Kin of Hearts, True Confessions. <laughs> then we had his uh, all-encompassing album, Kinplete. And then we have his comeback album called Rekindled. I can't... I can't explain I this. I can't... I can't... Couldn't think of a better name for this purpose. <laughs> okay. For puns. Yes. I mean, it's a perfect pun name. Apparently it is. <laughs> and Greg likes to dig deep. Mm-hmm. And he did. <laughs> he did. Um, but yeah, Jeopardy is a great, uh, it's a fun song. Yeah. Now, did you watch the video for this? Do you remember the video? No, because I'm thinking of the Weird Al version. Of course you are. Yeah. So I can't remember the, the right. Greg Kinn Well, it kind of ties into the Weird Al version because in the video, Greg Kinn is going to get married, but of course he's got cold feet. He's looking, you know, he's walking down the aisle and the bride is always covered up. You can't really see what she, how she looks. The preacher is there. Greg looks to the audience and he sees people. Some people are, you know, one couple is chained together by, by their hands. <laughs> Some are kind of uh, fused together. Their hands are fused together. It's, you know. I must have blocked this out. He's getting, uh, he's getting cold feet. He's not feeling well. And then, um, and he lifts up the veil and first, first he sees his beautiful bride, but then she turns into a zombie and he's like, I'm out of here. Forget it. So he escapes out uh, and then he's about to drive away and he sees his lovely bride, not not bride, I guess, whatever. The ex-fiance. The ex-fiance. And she slams her flowers down on the uh, on the sidewalk. And then she looks across the street and she sees Greg Kinn and she smiles and Greg pulls up to her, and they escape out uh, without without getting married, but uh, they drive away, and the license plate says lips. I don't know why it says lips, but it does. I think they eloped, so I do so think it's they kind got of, it's, married. That's, that's my ending to it. In your mind, they got married. Okay. My oh, mind, you think they, they, yeah, maybe they did elope. Maybe they, they was, but... Uh, they just stayed together and they escaped. They stayed together and escaped. Okay. In the Weird Al version... He does, he does horribly on the uh, the Jeopardy question. Hence the name I lost on Jeopardy. In the video version, he's on Jeopardy, and the questions are number of bricks in the Great Wall of China, secret ingredient found in both Cheese Whiz and Crazy Glue. And the daily double question is, this German baroness could suck the chrome off a fender. And so, of course, he can't answer. He has no idea. Who <laughs> he's horrible. They throw, him, they throw him out of the studio, and he ends up in the back of a car, and the driver turns around. Of course, it's Greg Kinn. <laughs> and they drive away. And the license plate says loser. <laughs> and of course, you know, Weird Al's career has lasted a little. Although Greg, Greg's still going strong. But, uh, you know, Weird Al is still at Weird Al peak. And Greg, Greg yeah. Kinn, you know, he's still, I think he's, he's kind of an institution in San Francisco. Yeah. Do you know? Do you, I mean, he's going strong. Do you know what he does? Please tell me. He, he wrote books. And he was the morning show guy on a station in San Jose. 
Okay. And he does. He lives up there. I guess he, I'm assuming he still lives up there, but they say he continues to perform at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, at least into the early 2000s. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. He's he, multifaceted. He was, uh, I do see that he was inducted into San Jose's Rock Hall of Fame in 2007. San Jose has a Rock Hall of Fame? They do. I wonder who else is in it. I did see that this is something my mom would do as well. If your if your child has a little bit of talent back in the eight, back in the seventies <laughs> or something, yeah. it says uh, when when Greg was seventeen, his mother submitted a tape of one of his original songs to the talent contest of the local top forty radio station <laughs> WCAO, in which he took first prize and won a typewriter, a stack. Of- <laughs> And so, yeah, that uh, that was the start because his mom said, "Oh, my Greg is so talented." I'm well. Gonna... She wasn't wrong. She was not wrong. But you... I see, I see all moms doing something like that. Do you uh, think that he wrote his books on that typewriter he won? Could be. Good question. Yeah. So the Doobie Brothers are on the are in the San Jose Rock Hall of Fame class of 2020. Oh, timely, because they are touring this year. Yeah. In celebration of their 50th anniversary? To be confirmed. You're right, 50. Yeah, this is their 50th anniversary. Celebrating their 50th anniversary. Congratulations, the, Doobie Brothers. Yeah, they're touring this year with Michael McDonald. With Michael McDonald. I mean, yeah, that's our, important. Yes, I definitely would love to see that show. Um, okay, so uh, congratulations to Greg Kinn, who, who cool. is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame way ahead of the Doobie Brothers. And has uh, the number 18 song on the K-Rock Top 106.7 list of 1983. He also had very good hair. As you liked his m- hair. As many of 1983's artists. Yes, indeed, I liked his hair. Didn't you? Never thought of it, but okay. I, when <laughs> I think of hair, actually, I think of our next artist. This is from, uh, this is now number 17. Uh, our, this was 17. It's now number 14 on our charts. You think of hair when you think of the police? I do. I mean, Sting, come on. How's that look? Moppy. I mean, he had good hair, but I don't think of him as, you know, I mean, George Michael had great hair. Yeah, but Sting had, all of those guys had that, like that. Yeah, mop. nice shaggy blonde yeah. hair. Yeah, oh, it was, a good, it was a good hair look. It was a great hair look, but it wasn't, I, I don't know if I would call it iconic. Like It is. Come on. <laughs> okay. Because well, those in the machine, you, rec- you could recognize them just by the look of their heads. Right. You would, you would see three heads. You know, shadows, shadows of their profiles of what they look like. And just judging by the hair, you would recognize, oh, yeah, that's the police. I agree with you. They have great hair. I love their hair. I just didn't see it as iconic. Would you recognize Greg Kinn's hair? Probably. Well, no, it might, it's, it's a little more Duran duran Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> We're going to take a break, but I'm going to have to stop both of us from eating anything more carby. Forget it. I'm having another bagel. Let's go. The Police. The Police. King of Pain. And what instrument is featured on this? Marimba. Yes. <laughs> Not vibraphone. No. Marimba. So a vibraphone player is a vibraphonist. Did we ever figure that out? Because the vibraphone was featured on the song. Was it? Oh, Never Stop. The Echo and the Bunnyman. Echo and the Bunnyman had the vibraphone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it's a vibraphone. The person who plays it is a vibraphonist. Okay. But this is marimba, and Stuart Copeland was playing it. 
That's all we need to know. So he's not the marimbist? We'll call him the marimbist <laughs> okay. for this episode. Uh, yeah, Stuart so Copeland, drummer it, extraordinaire. Indeed. Um, one of my favorite police songs. Yeah, I, I love this song too. Good, good stuff. Yeah, and uh, Give it, it was to a me. lot of information about Sting and his angst when I was researching this song. Angst makes for great songwriting. Yeah. So I guess he wrote this song he, he, after he had separated from his first wife, who I her, she was an actress, Frances Tomalty. So funny. I never realized he was married previously. I'm, oh, I guess I shouldn't yeah. be surprised. I always feel like Trudy was always there. Yeah, because she was, well, she's the most visible I think, or more visible. I think so. Yeah, maybe in yeah. his solo career, I guess, because... I don't know, or maybe, you know, synchronistic. When he became like a pop culture icon, you started learning a little bit about Sting and that, and then of course you hear about Trudy. So I yeah. didn't, I didn't realize his that previous, was, yeah, yeah, which is most rock stars. This is, you know, wife 2.0, which you get when you're a rock star, <laughs> yes. you get to upgrade. I believe they're a good fit. Apparently they're still yeah. together, right? Yeah. 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 They, uh, yeah, so he, he wrote it after he split with his first wife and he wasn't getting along with uh, Stuart and Andy. And he just, he said, he conjured up symbols of pain and related them to my soul. A black spot on the sun struck me as being a very painful image. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. He lists uh, a lot of things that are painful in this song. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you write a song. Yeah. Make a list. And he is the king of pain. M- make, it, make it poetic. <laughs> he make did. It, make it melodic. Instant yeah. hit. That's yeah. how you see. That's how you write a song. I love this song. Okay, <laughs> and I, I'm sure you're you're aware of the cover songs. Do you like the you've heard Alanis Morissette's uh, version of it? No, you're kidding. I must have heard it from her Unplugged session. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, from 1999, she did an MTV Unplugged. I session. love that. I know. I love that, but I don't remember the song from it. Oh, hmm. My favorite version of this is uh, is Lady Gaga does a duet with Sting for his 60th birthday. Um, she kills it. <laughs> she kills everything. She's awesome. She's spectacular. I think uh, Alanis's is a little too sleepy for me, that version. Uh, Lady Gaga and, and Sting just together, It was it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Even Sting, like near the end of it, he gives her a look like, oh my God, who are you? This is... It's, Pretty amazing. I bet their voices are great together too. Yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really good. I would prefer the pa- post that version okay. <laughs> instead of Alanis's. All right. Sorry, my my apologies to Alanis. Yeah, you owe her an apology because uh, we know we love Alanis. We bow down to Alanis. Well, I do. <laughs> I mean, unplugged. It's it's more you're supposed to be low key, and this was a birthday celebration. So Lady Lady Gaga just uh, goes <laughs> nuts on it. She shines. Yes, she does. She always shines. She has a new song too. Stupid love. Yes. Yeah. Oh, if you love the eight, if you love the eighties, you're gonna love stupid love. Yeah. Yep. I do. Okay. Well, that, I'm sure you love this song. Upon first hearing. All right. Yeah. yeah. I guess if you're gonna post any of the the other versions, you should all also post the Weird Al, King of Suede. About oh, <laughs> a guy what? who's really good at selling suede products. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you see Weird Al recently tweeted that he's, he's, his tweet was, no, I am not going to do a song called My Corona. Yes. <laughs> he's a national treasure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh, so King of Suede. I don't even know that one, yeah. but uh, maybe we'll, we'll do like, uh, we'll do a couple. I guess, there you go. Two songs from Weird Al. So let's move on to number 16. 
we have the Culture Club. I'll tumble for ya. The number four. I wonder why they use the number four. Yeah, because it was cool and because four there were four members in Culture Club. You really think? Uh, was it uh, a Prince thing? I don't know. I don't know. It's just more fun. Yeah, maybe. I mean, following Prince's footsteps. Although they they certainly had more songs on the chart than than Prince did at that time on the K Rock chart. True. Um, Didn't you the, tell me they had five? Yes, they had five. The uh, and this single was released. Uh, it was released only in North America. Peaked at number nine. Culture Club was the first band to have three top ten singles from a debut album since the Beatles. Wow, the yeah. Beatles and Culture Club. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would have thought you'd hear that in the same sentence. You do. I mean, now I, I actually I think Bieber recently uh, broke some some other type of Beatles record. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's right. Exactly. The younger generation or the older generation kind of shakes their head, but uh, it is what it is. We'll have to credit him where where credit is due, Justin Bieber. Yes, indeed. Um, Okay. So this I'll tumble for you. We've, this is the third culture club song we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Is this on the updated list? The fact that you're asking tells me it is not. Correct. It is not on the updated Uh, list. Wow. Okay. But do you like the song? Do I like this song? Yes. <laughs> There's nothing not to like about Culture Club. I, yes, their, their first two, three records. Yeah. They're all great. Yeah. You know who danced in this video? Um, no, I, I watched the video. It's fun. It's just like they're, they're performing at an audition or something and there's a lot of acrobatics yeah. and they're just being uh, silly in the video. It's, it's fun. It's, you know, see a smiling boy, George, <laughs> just yeah. dancing around. Good so, times. And who was, who was in there? So you didn't recognize a preteen Naomi Campbell? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> a pre-crazy Naomi Campbell. Yeah. Maybe she still had, maybe, not still, maybe she had a, a happy, kind disposition Could as be. a preteen. Okay. I will go along with that. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's uh, good to know. Yeah. Now we have to go back and look for All her. Right. Naomi so, Campbell, much like Nicole Kidman in... Pat Wilson's Bop Girl made her debut as a teen. Is that okay? So that's that was a good start for music videos. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're an actress or actor trying to get into the industry, Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox, good call. (laughs) That was a good one. All right, let's move up to number fifteen. We have Madness, Our House. Yeah, iconic. Yeah. Also touring again. Yeah, well, as many as many 80s bands are. I know. This is a small U.S. tour. They're playing Boston, New York, L.A. They're playing the Punk Rock Bowling and Music Festival in Vegas. <laughs> then they're doing two nights in Oakland, and that is it. And then they're, they're leaving the States and touring elsewhere. Oh. So uh, if you're in those areas, go go check them out. Yeah. It's that uh, they're playing with the English beat and mighty, mighty Boston's. What a fun show. That would be a really fun show. Yeah. They're, this will be at the Greek in May. So, uh, Oh, I was thinking we could go to the punk festival, but the Greek theater is probably better. <laughs> yeah. A little close. You're just always looking for an excuse to get to Vegas. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I might prefer the Greek. No, that's a toss up. I love the Greek theater. I love going. Yeah. To the Greek. I prefer going to the Greek. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, was their only top 10 hit in the U S that's uh yeah, I know it's crazy. They were huge in the UK. Between 1980 and 1986, Madness spent 214 weeks on the UK singles charts. UB40 shared the same number of weeks, the largest for any group in that decade, but over a longer period. So like this seven-year period between 80 and 86, Madness, it was Madness for Madness. 
<laughs> Were you mad for madness? I remember. I mean, it was my first show that I went with friends. I saw they opened up for Bowie. It was, uh, it was, you know, Bowie, the Go Go's, and Madness, and that was a uh, that was a good, 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 good show. What year was that? That was eighty three. Oh. September 83, September, I want to say September 9th, 1983 is when I saw, I saw Bowie, Go-Go's Madness. And of course it stuck with me because I still remember the date. That's a great, that's yeah. a, that, that is a, some show. That was a good time. At, Where was it? Anaheim Stadium. Oh, that's a big show. Big show. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Yeah. We, <laughs> we were, so, we were so naive. We're like, oh, well, we'll get there early. We'll lay out a blanket and we'll watch the show because, you know, that's what you do with your parents. You you sat on the grass at a park and you watch the band. And so we laid out a, a blanket and waited for Madness to come on, the first band. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they came on, everyone came rushing forward and we're just sitting there going, what the, what the, what, what's, what, yeah. we have to push forward. So we, we like packed up our stuff and we pushed forward and stood up the rest of the night. If you don't, you know, if you don't have any experience with that. Yeah. But that was very fun. I love that. Um, Madness were huge. I mean, as I mentioned, they had uh, 15 singles reach the UK top 10, Mm -hmm. which included One Stop Step Beyond, Baggy Trousers, It Must Be Love, House of Fun. Our our initial tagline was, we talk about 80s music and beyond. Yes. And that's, I got that from Madness. (laughs) From One Step Beyond, Madness. Yeah, so great, great stuff. And I, as I went on their website, I, I saw that they have a book out about their life. It's, um, it's called uh, "Before We Was We." Oh, very good. It came out uh, last year. It's coming out in paperback in April. And or I'm uh, sure you can listen to it on Audible. You could sponsor. Shout out to our sponsor. Yeah, so I, that's I. I think that would be kind of a fun book to read. Yeah, I think you're right. Probably an interesting life. For sure. They lived a life, it, yeah, starting from like their humble upbringing. To, <laughs> I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of great stories there. So uh, that's something I'm going to look up. What you you found the story? Maybe this story was included. You know this. Uh, well, first of all, you know the, the the singer's name Suggs. Yes. Yes. Of course. Well, his real name, yes, Graham McPherson. That's his real name. But he was a. <laughs> Suggs is a cooler name. Suggs is much better. I wonder. I was just trying to look where it came from. Uh, so the, this song was used in a 2007 commercial in the UK for bird's eye fish fingers, which okay. I'm guessing is like fish sticks. Okay. And he was in it. So Suggs was in the commercial. <laughs> He's sitting with a family at tea time and the daughter is studying for, for her school exams and asks Suggs where Omega-3 can be found. He offers the answer of bird's eye fish fingers. He's, Suggs knows all. <laughs> Yes. He's multifaceted. Thank goodness Suggs was there to, to help this, yeah. this poor girl out. You can use my song as long as I can be in the commercial. Yeah. In the early aughts, they had a, a musical, much like um, ABBA or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. they, they had one of their uh, musical based on the music of, of Madness. And it was called Our House. And it uh, ran in, the, uh, in London's West End from 2002 to 2000, August of 2003. You can uh, you can he- watch a video of it. They have a DVD recording of it in case you ever want to see the the jukebox story of madness. I think that might be fun. That would be very fun. Yeah. And we can pop open um, some madness brewing if uh, some madness brews if you want to. Um, there's the uh, gladness, the craft lager, night boat is the London porter, and love struck is the premium amber ale. 
I bet it would go good with fish fingers. Uh, bird's eye there, fish fingers. There we go. We got some fish fingers. Got some beer. We'll watch uh, the Madness movie musical. All right, we got to go. We got to go. <laughs> I know. I'm all fired up for this show. They're coming in May. Let's go. Good times. Yeah. All right. All right. So, um, oh, so is this still on the list of after it after is. we've we've gone off on that? Yes. yes. It's moved up two spots in number thirteen. Madness could never not be on the list. Okay, I agree. Uh, let's move on to number 14. We have U2's New Year's Day. Yes, from war. This was the first time I ever saw them, was the war tour at the sports arena. Yeah, that was yeah. good times. Yeah, that was great times. As I was uh, reading about this, I I knew it was about war, kind of. Mm-hmm. I, I never really, but it's, it reads more like a like a love song. As that, that's not uncommon for to for songs we've talked about this songs that not about war that sound like love songs but songs that have other meanings but can always be interpreted as a love song. Yeah, I mean, I'm, well, right when you read the the lyrics and, and you, you know when you go through the chorus, it's of course I want to be with you night and day. Nothing changes on New Year's Day. I mean, so, sure, you would love, wouldn't you love to hear that too? You know, someone say that to you. I, yeah. wa- I want to be with you <laughs> night and day. You. Well, Bono does consider this a love song. While it is about war, it deals with the struggle for love. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even the the war part where, I mean, it says under a blood red sky, a crowd is gathered in black and white. Maybe they're at a wedding. <laughs> Arms entwined, the chosen few. Newspaper says, says it's true. Like, you know, we made an announcement. Yes. We're getting married. Well, I, really what's true is they announced in, in Poland that they would abolish martial law on New Year's Day in 1980. I understand. But it's a love song to me. <laughs> yeah. um, say it's true. It's true. We can break through. Though torn in two, we can be one. Well, you know, maybe we broke up, but we can be one. You know, he's fighting for his love. <laughs> yeah, I know. I definitely sounds like a love song. And certainly in the way people sing it in, in concert. Oh, of course. Sounds more like a love song. Yes. In concert, it's uniting everybody together. It's, yeah. And I still, I mean, my favorite part is watching, you know, Edge plays the keyboards mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he pulls out the guitar and does his guitar solo. That's always one of my favorite parts of uh, of U2 shows. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, suddenly he's broken through from the shackles of being strapped to this keyboard <laughs> and he's got the key, he's got the guitar now and he steps out front mm-hmm. to do the solo. His, his Edge move, movement. He does his, yes. And, you know, Bono, of course, puts his arm around him. Ah, rock and roll. <laughs> Here we are reenacting a U2 concert. Pretty much. That is how that goes. Yeah. This was their first single here, which seems obvious. Yeah. I did not realize this. The B-side of New Year's Day is a song called Treasure. Whatever happened to Pete the Chop? This is a song that has never been performed live, yet it's on the B-side of one of their their most iconic songs. I have never heard that song. And now I'm... I'm going to post it on on our website because I have never heard this song. I, yeah. I forgot to look it up when the I'm sure someone has posted it on YouTube. Whatever happened to Pete the Chop? Yeah, that's a very good question. I don't, I don't know. Stay tuned. Stay we'll tuned. find out for you. <laughs> did you watch the? You remember the video? Oh yeah. Do you remember them on horseback? Yes, I do. Um, that was uh, four Swedish teenage girls. That was not. <laughs> that was not the band. That's funny. They they actually, hmm. Yeah, because they, they had. They, I I had read that they planned to shoot the video in Sweden, but when the mountains and snow, when the the mountains and the snow they hoped for didn't materialize, they tried Norway. 
no. but they're still Swedish girls. They must have hired the Swedish girls in anticipation of that. No, it's it, yeah, it's filmed in the dead of Swedish winter, <laughs> and uh, Bono refused to wear any headgear despite the cold weather. <laughs> he had a lot of trouble mouthing the lyrics, but you know, all in the name of rock and roll. <laughs> So next time you see the video on the horseback, just know it's not the boys. Yes, it's for for teenage Swedish yeah. girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, <laughs> rock and roll. In nineteen yeah. in nineteen eighty three, U 2s New Year's Day was at number fourteen, in the updated K Rock Rock of the Eighties list from two thousand and eighteen. Let's say it is now number twelve. Now the Talking Head back in the. Back in 1983, the Talking Heads song Burning Down the House was number 13. In this current list, they are now at number 11. A song that succeeds is this Burning Down the House song. It's good. Good stuff. This is great stuff. Did you watch uh, David Byrne on SNL? Oh, phenomenal. A few, a few weeks ago? Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, my God. Right. That was a fabulous performance. Yeah, he's been doing that for a while now. I know he toured with this American Utopia group. Yeah. Um, and he's taken it to Broadway. I think it's in the fall, it's coming back to uh, to New York uh, on Broadway. And um, yeah, just a lot of choreography going on. It's uh, it's wonderful. It's so compelling. Yeah. It's just God. And he looks like they all look like they're having such a great time. And he's so, he just, I mean, obviously always a great performer. I mean, just an interesting, compelling performer. But this performance was so great. Yeah, he's always been like that yeah kind of creating this uh, he always thinks visually about the music you know it's it's not just He's an artist yeah it's not just the playing yeah. of the songs he wants to create some sort of um visual statement to to the songs that he's yeah. playing yeah and uh, succeeds uh, amazingly well yeah uh he what's yeah on snl what uh he played was it once in a once lifetime, in a lifetime. and uh, toe jam yeah and toe jam is a song by uh, a band called the brighton port authority I think he, he did that with uh, Dizzy Rascal. That, uh, and that oh. song was listed at number 14 on Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 100 Songs of 2008. So in case you were wondering what Toe Jam was. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. Toe Jam football from Come Together. Yeah. I remember that. Um, but anyway, but now we're talking about Burning Down the House, another great visual song, even without a video. I mean, it's yeah. still phenomenal. And this this was a song that actually made it down to the top 10 charts on, in the U.S. It hit number nine. Yeah, um, yeah great song, Burning Down the House. You, you still love it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I, I have to say, I will go back and revisit so much after seeing that performance. Yeah. I, I, I just, I hadn't paid, I mean, I like him. I'm, a, um, you know, I was always a moderate fan, but seeing that makes me just want to go back and. Oh, yeah. <sighs> uh, this fall, you should go to New York and go see the American Utopia. Maybe you will. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> yeah, this is this. You know how the song got its name? Burning down the house. Yeah. How did it get its name? <laughs> and so Chris Chris Franz, the drummer. Yes. Uh, he was uh, he likes funk, and it was a P funk show in New York that that uh, he, when he heard the crowd uh, yelling to the band to burn down the house. Oh. He got the idea for the song. They yeah. also tear the roof off the sucker. Yeah. Yeah, you know I love that song. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's cool. So you got like a, you get inspired with a title, like, okay, we need a song called Burn, Burn Down the House. <laughs> and so that's what he came up with. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 365 degrees, burning yeah. down the house. Um, okay, so let's move on to number 12. This is David Bowie's Modern Love. 
Yes, it is. Back in the day, it was number 12. Um, now, it has been pushed back to number 19. Because... Because why? Well, because Culture Club can't have all the songs, and they took off, I think, to fill up Culture Club's slots. As Culture Club get all these songs, and we only get, well, we had uh, Let's Dance also. Yes. They couldn't put five Culture Club songs on there, so I guess, I don't know. So now it's number on the updated list, David Bowie's Modern Love is at number 19. Okay, fine. At least he's still in the top 20, where he <laughs> deserves to be. Children's writer tweeted out... <laughs> Um, how to make it as a writer. Follow these simple rules. Know when to go out, know when to stay in, and get things done. <laughs> is that where this came from? Yeah. <laughs> no, but this is, you know, yeah. it's simple rules. This is what, you know, you follow the Bowie rules. Yeah. You, you know when to go out, you know when to stay in, and, you know, take care of business. Oh, so this was written after Modern Love was written. And Mo- Correct. Or I thought you were saying that David Bowie was inspired by these. No, this, okay. no this writer was Got inspired it. by Bowie's words of, yeah, yeah stay in, Got get it. things done. Yeah. <laughs> he said, this is about the struggle to find solace in love and religion. <laughs> so explaining how he remained a force in pop music for so many years, he sings, it's not really work, it's just the power to charm. <laughs> See, you just throw out a lyric and it, and it works. Yeah, well, he can throw it. Make, in. Makes it makes it sound simple. But yeah, yeah. it's so such. This is kicked off the album. Yeah, and it was just, you know like that Stevie Ray Vaughan guitar. Yeah, Love it. Yeah, that's when you knew you were in for something special. Just hearing that guitar and then Bowie kicks in. It's good stuff. Let's end this episode with number eleven. Guess what? Culture Club. And they're on the charts still. This is the one song that's still on the charts. And it's their debut, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Or their debut, the first song that actually became a hit. I think they released a couple songs before then. This is the one that struck. And this is, yeah, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me by Culture Club. Yeah. It's it's a classic Torch song. It's just, it's just... It's brilliant. Yes. So, but do do you really believe? I mean, he. Yeah, I guess he admitted it that it, it was about his relationship with John Moss. Okay. The I th- with the drummer. W- was it or was it about all his former lovers? I don't know. He he's probably said multiple. I you think know, he's given had- multiple responses, but probably. I choose to believe it's about uh, a bandmate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you remember the video, of course. That was our first yeah. exposure to him. Yeah. I always remember he had a he had he's wearing a shirt with uh with Hebrew on it. Oh. Remember? It said uh Tarbut Aguda. What does it mean? It means culture and association in hmm. a grammatically incorrect order. But culture association, culture club. Oh, okay, I get that. Ah, there you go. <laughs> so this was the band's first number one in the UK. Um, it, uh, reached number two in the U S and I believe it was jump that, uh, prevented culture club from reaching the number one spot. Is that right? I believe so. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. Okay. There's <laughs> still both of them still classic songs. Uh, it did hit number one in 23 countries, 23 countries. It can't list them, but it- you don't need to 23 is, uh, Number's too big to ignore. Mm-hmm. This was the one song that K-Rock decided to keep on their 
updated K-Rock list. Okay, number 11. Uh, all right, and we will end this episode. Next week, we will we will end our look at 1983. We are getting to the end. Yeah, so that's exciting. I never thought we'd get here. <laughs> <laughs> we are here. I believe I am asking you questions. The I, last time I asked you questions, you were went uh, 10 for 10. Do you think crap, you, I'm good. Do you think you can keep it up? No, I do not. All right, very good. Do you think I can keep it up? I hope you can. I believe so. Thank I have you. faith in you. Okay. You could do this. You got to have although, faith. Although we've, uh, this episode has been a struggle, so I'm not so <laughs> <Yes>. sure. <laughs> all right. The song, The Winner Takes It All, was released in 1980 by which group? ABBA. Uh, it's one of my, it's my favorite ABBA song. Really? Yes. That's sweet. It's, um, well, it's not sweet. It's a kind of a breakup song. It's, it's sweet. Oh, it's okay. It's sweet. <laughs> No, I did say I should, sweet. I should try and follow along with you. No, I didn't. I just I, got I know, that came to me after. Um, all right. Which of these albums by Billy Joel was released first? Glass Houses, Innocent Man, Stormfront. I think I know the answer. Innocent Man? No, that was yeah, that was 84. Glass Houses, was, uh, that was like 1980. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. That's uh, You I'm May off. Be Right. That was the time with yeah. You May Be Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Innocent Man was like 83, 84. Yeah. That was his doo-wop album with Christy Brinkley doing, yeah. trying to dance. I thought of those of, of those three that that was first. But all okay. right. Um, which of these songs... All right, so we're one for one two. One for two. Oh, which <laughs> of these songs released by Queen was released first? Radio Gaga, A Kind of Magic, Another One Bites the Dust. Another One Bites the Dust? Yes. Who had a hit in 1984 with the song The Reflex? Duran Duran. Who had success in 1985 with the song My Hometown? <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen released the album Born in the USA in which year? 84, 86, 88. 84. In which year was the Lionel Richie song Hello released as a single? 82, 84, 86. 86? Yes. Good, cool. good call. <sighs> I am on today. Remember that video? This is how, with oh, a hello. blind girl, yeah. this is how I see. <laughs> it's still an insane. Uh. <laughs> All right. Never mind. <laughs> I know. I don't remember. What, the, I remember. I can visualize video. it, but I don't remember what it was Cr- about. Crazy video. All right. Which song by Phil Collins has a chorus that begins with the phrase, so I cross my heart and I hope to die. A groovy kind of love. One more night. Two hearts. Uh, that would be <gasps> incorrect. One more night. And I don't think I would have gotten that one either. Huh. All right. Which of these is not an album released by the group Duran Duran in the 80s? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. You'll get this. <laughs> Big thing. Rio. Synchronicity. <laughs> synchronicity. Nice. <laughs> which of these albums was released by the police in 1980, which we've done on our podcast. We've already talked about it. Ghost of the Machine. Zenyatta Mandata. Oh. Synchronicity. <laughs> Zenyatta Mandata. Good job. <laughs> so that's eight for ten. Eight for ten. A B. Okay. Solid B. Right. Strong B. I'm a <laughs> I'm a solid B student. Excellent. Good Thank job. You. All right. Thank goodness we're done with this wow. episode. Okay, that was an episode. Well, the penultimate episode was a little bit of a disappointment for us. <laughs> well, actually, it was great. A lot it of fun. was great. So much fun. I I will always remember having bagels. <laughs> a little carby episode it was a little we were a little carby in this episode (laughs) until next time this is dave this is holly check you later over and out